We are working through the I Am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. We began the first week with I Am the Bread of Life. I think one of the things I I love about this morning, and I had no idea this was going to happen until just a couple of days ago, uh, we've been, if, you, if you've noticed, we've been keeping some bread up on the front as our bread of life. Some of you noticed it because we've given the bread away at the end of each service because we can't leave it up here forever. It gets stale and what's the point of wasting it? Um, Jackie reached out to me the other day. She said, I've got an event I'm doing this weekend and I'm probably going to have some scones left over. Would that be okay or was that inappropriate? And I thought, no, that's great. Because here's what we do. We tend to put Jesus in that little wrapper that we think. You know, the little, the little um, whatever your bread brand is, the little, you know, Wonder Bread bag or the Walmart bread bag or the whatever. That's the bag we put Jesus in. God, God's in this little bag. That's what he looks like. And, and, and I don't think he looks like that at all. I think he looks so different than we could ever imagine. He's so much more than we can imagine. So I thought that was really cool today, Jackie. You had no idea when when I thought about that, because I knew I was going to talk about it a little bit this morning, about the different things we've been through. He's the the scones of life today. (laughs) But isn't that cool that he can be so much? Because what Wanda needs him to be today in her life is not what Scott needs. And what Scott needs is not what Jenny needs. What Jenny needs is not what I need, but he can be exactly what you need because he is everything. Not only is he the bread of life, but he's the light of the world. He allows us to be able to see. I know, I I don't know how this, the dark is doing for you guys as far as during worship. It's helping us tremendously because we can see the back wall so much better. We're not missing nearly as many words as we used to, but but we're, we're trying to set a little bit of a tone, a mood, of kind of not focus on everybody else in the room, but just focus on the Lord. And, uh, and, but it's amazing how much better we see when there's light, right? How much clearer things are. Isn't that what God said? I'm the light of the world. You can see things now clearly as they really are because I've shown my light into your heart. Last week, Pastor Mark I am the door. We had a great, great story Scott told. I'm just going to paraphrase it. I really wish I'd have told you to go ahead and prepare to talk about it, Scott. But um, last week in our second service, we were the kids here, and Preston was up here, and he's looking at the door, and he's like, you know, okay, what's the door doing here? And so Scott's trying to explain to him at that age what the door's representing. And, and he said, he's talking to Preston about, you know, that you open the door and you come in, God's behind the door. And Preston's looking through the little hole and looking around the back and saying, I'm not seeing God back here anywhere, you know. And, and, but isn't that great that Preston was grasping that idea that, that if you open this door, God is there. He's the door to the sheepfold. That's really what that passage is talking about. And then today, I want to talk to you today about the good shepherd got our shepherd's crook up here that is actually really a shepherd's crook that was purchased from a company that sells 
crooks to shepherds for using for their lambs. And that actually is one that's made for, for uh, goats or small lambs, the small neck. But that's actually what that is. The last two statements that Jesus made about who he is are, are so greatly connected. You cannot get away from the door to the sheepfold and the good shepherd. John 10, 7 through 10 says, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. He's talking about a sheep. And there's a great, deep doctrinal concept in here, and I'm not going to go into a lot of this, but I want you to understand that there were many that came before Jesus that claimed to be the Redeemer. There have been many who have come after Jesus, who have claimed to be the one. Jesus said they're just thieves and liars and robbers. They didn't come for any purpose but to destroy. But my sheep, they don't follow. They know my voice. Clearly, Jesus lets us know that there is only one way for a sheep to enter into the sheepfold. As we move to this next statement of I am the good shepherd, we begin to see that he is not only the entryway, but he's also the provider and the protector of the sheep. John 10, verse 11 through 19 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. They contrast this with a context that would be understandable in that day where shepherds were working and living in their area. Many of them knew shepherds. Some of them were shepherds. And, and he understood that there's a difference between being the shepherd of the flock and being someone hired by the shepherd. And so he's going to contrast this good being a good shepherd who is laying down his life. He said, the hired man, since he is not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. See, the, the wolf doesn't care if he gets mutton for dinner or people for dinner. He just wants to get dinner. And so a hired man says, let him have sheep. <laughs> mutton sounds good to me. Little lamb chops, anything better than me. The wolf then snatches and scatters them, the sheep. This happens because he is a hired man and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. As the Father knows me and I know the Father. Boy, what a great concept. Just want you to realize that. As God is as intimate with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as, as connected as the triune God is, He says, my sheep and I are that connected as well. I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. He, he's really talking to Jews here in this place and time, and he's, what he's saying is, I got some other sheep over there, and they're in the Gentiles. 
They're not Jews, but, but they're mine. And I'm going to bring them in. And it will no longer be Jew and Gentile, black and white, male and female. Other places he's talked about this. He's used these analogies. He said, instead, I'll bring them in also, and they'll hear my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I am laying down my life so I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down. I have the right to take it up again. I receive this command from my Father. This next verse says, And again, a division took place among the Jews because of these words. As we look at this good shepherd, I want to look at a couple of things today. First thing I want you to know is that a good shepherd protects his sheep. Those verses 11 through 13, Jesus talks about the difference between being the shepherd and the hired man. He talks about the fact that this connectedness between the shepherd and the sheep is the same connectedness that's between the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And while you and I don't feel it often, certainly don't see it, it's a truth and a reality of Scripture. Jesus is invested in you. The sheep matter to the shepherd. See, he understands the importance of a sheep having a shepherd. Now, you, you probably have heard messages on sheep and shepherds and sheeps. On, yeah, the, the plural of sheep, sheeps. That you've heard messages on sheep. And you know that, that, the, that, that sheep are not the brightest animals in the world. And the reason is they have very poor eyesight. They're not, it's not that they're dumb, but, but they can't see. And because they can't see very well, they're fearful. Because, I mean, what's a sheep going to do? Pull a gun on you? I mean, what's a sheep going to do? Get his horns out? Oh, yeah, he doesn't have any. What's a sheep going to do? Take his claw and he doesn't have a claw. Sheep are very dependent on the shepherd. That's what he talks about with a hired man. If the shepherd doesn't protect the sheep, the sheep is open to any kind of prey. The old, the weak, the young, they have little help, little hope. Matthew 9.36, Matthew records this event when Jesus is looking across the crowds that are following after him as he's walking about through, through Galilee. And he, and he says, the Bible says that when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them. Why? What, what moved him to feel compassion? Because they were weary and they were worn out like a sheep without a shepherd. Jesus understood what it meant for a sheep not to have a shepherd. A sheep without a shepherd is, is vulnerable. A sheep needs food and water, and on their own, they're not going to quickly find that. 
They can't see. They're skittish. They, they, any little thing might fearfully run them off. They don't, a sheep is, again, when I said they're not the brightest things in the world, a sheep will eat, you know, if you know anything about the American West, cattle ranchers hated sheep farmers because a cow will eat the grass down so low, but they won't get down into the dirt, and so the grass can come back up. A sheep will eat it down to the dirt and kill the roots, and it will be barren. And so if a shepherd's not there to protect the sheep and move them from place to place, they'll kill off all the grass and they'll have no food. They'll die out of their own ignorance. Thought about the passage, Psalm 23, where David said, what? He leads me to green pastures. Not just a place to eat, but I'm, I'm talking about that really lush green stuff that you can just eat and enjoy and fill, and it's nutrient-rich. And he takes me, and he leads me beside still waters. Why do still waters matter? Just We were talking about a sheep. They can't see well. Water starts rushing. And they, they're, they're panicky. They need, they need pools that have fresh water, not stagnant, stale water, but moving very slow so they can get in and and meet their needs. What, sheep can't uh, make it without food and water. Can you make it without food and water? What is it you need to sustain you in life? Well, Pastor Mark was just telling us about something you can chew on. The Word of God. Bible studies. Encouragement. Devotions. The Word of God that you can pour yourself into. The, the shepherd has provided for you not this shepherd that shepherd has provided for you when you get hungry are you reaching for the doritos or are you reaching for that thing that will sustain you and fulfill you and meet your need spiritually what are you feeding on what are you taking in what's quenching your thirst today the shepherd has provided are you taking it in? The, the passage in Psalm 23 says that, that the shepherd leads us along right paths for his name's sake. What, what he's really talking about there is that moving these sheep from one place to another in these hills of Judea required taking them sometimes on very narrow paths. Rocky ledges, areas that had to get from one field to the next. It wasn't just rolling fields. If you've ever seen the, the topography of, of Israel, you know, it, it can be pretty up and down and, and rocky. And, and so if you're moving from one area of field to another, you might be going through a, a tough place. And so he will lead them. Well, he doesn't just stand out there and say, okay, sheepy, come on. Come on, sheepy. Because, again, sheep have to be motivated. I... I found a scripture that, that I just thought so made me realize what he's talking about here. Ecclesiastes 12, 11 said, Words from the wise are like sharp goads. When these sayings are written down and saved, they can be used to guide people, just as a shepherd uses a sharp stick to make the sheep go the right way. 
Every now and then you feel the shepherd going, mm, you're on the wrong path. Mm, get over there. You're getting ready to go off the side. You're in some places that are not healthy for you to be walking. You're going to mess up those ankles, Scott. You know, I mean, he's, hey, you, you ain't got good knees, old sheep. Get over there. And sometimes that poke doesn't feel good, does it? But the shepherd knows when to poke. And, there, and honestly, the reason why they use a sharp point on it is because a sheep's got lots of wool. And you can't, you just poke them, it doesn't really, but you get in there inside that wool with a sharp spike, you get a thorn. You ever got a thorn in your finger? I got a paper cut the other day. Man, you talk, that thing is so sore right there. I, I was a whiny little baby. I, ben and I were in the office, and I was, pulling a, I was pulling an envelope out of a box, and that thing, and I was like, running around here for 10. I, I know, suck it up, buttercup. I was running around here for, for two days. Every time I touch it, it, it bump it. Let me tell you what. That gets my attention and reminds me of some things. That's exactly what the shepherd does with you and I. Why? Not because he's mean. Not because he doesn't care, but he is a good shepherd. And he knows that every now and then you need somebody to come along. and You need something. You need the Word of God to come and prick you, to poke you, and to prod you. I don't know about you, but I don't typically do the right thing just because I like doing the right thing. Now, I'm better at it than I used to be because I got poked a lot. And I've learned I don't like getting poked. But it's the Word that pricks me and pokes me and prods me. That Psalm 23 passage said that the rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Anybody know what a rod and staff are used for, for a shepherd? That's a staff. Anybody know what a rod and staff is used for? Defense for the flock. The rod and the staff were to fight off the bear and the wolf. The, the staff has a crook on the end of it. Sheep's going the wrong way, getting off one of those edges. The, the shepherd could wrap it around there and pull him back. Well, I don't know about you, but my neck's sore just thinking about it. Snatch. I mean, he didn't just gently. He pulled him. The the the. The protection of a, when an animal comes in, that rod was to, like a club to beat it to death to keep it from harming you. Those are instruments of damage, a rod and a staff. And yet, the sheep sees the rod and the staff and knows it's comfort. Now, I don't know that an actual sheep, you know, little four-legged mutton guy, has the sense to look over to shepherd and think, man, thank God he's got that big stick over there because there, be there may be a lion out here. There may be a wolf out here, and he can beat it off. But I guarantee you, I know this. You let a shepherd protect a sheep a time or two, and when danger comes, that sheep's running towards the shepherd because he knows where that's where safety is. That's animal instinct. Do you know where your protection is? Do you know where to run to when danger comes? Are you glad that the shepherd has a club? Because there's an enemy that's wanting to come in and kill 
and steal and destroy. And there's an enemy that wants to come in and scatter the sheep. Are you letting the shepherd lead? A good shepherd protects his flock because he's invested in his flock. They matter to him. They are his livelihood. They are everything to him. A good shepherd provides for his sheep, not just protects, but he provides. Verses 14 through 19, the rest of that passage. Interesting, interesting passage. He goes back and says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, they know me. As the Father knows me, I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. He's going to move us from something physical to the heart of what he's trying to tell us, to the spiritual message that he's trying to give us. I lay down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep, not of this fold. I must bring them also. They'll listen to my voice. There's one flock, one shepherd. This is why my Father loves me. Why? I'm laying down my life so I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own. He's talking about his crucifixion. He's talking about the sacrifice that he made for every single one of his sheep. He's talking about everlasting life. Life eternal. Something more than just food and water. Protection from the dangers of the world around me. And he willingly laid down his life for every single sheep. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. The scripture is clear. It does not cut any corners. He has already said there's only one way into the sheepfold. It's me. I am the door to the sheepfold. The sheep go in and out through me. In Romans 5, he says, the scripture says, Christ died for us when we were unable to help ourselves. The shepherd sacrificed himself willingly for the sheep because we were helpless. We were living against God, but at just the right time, Christ died for us. Very few people will die to save the life of someone else, even if it's for a good person. He, he, what he's doing is speaking to the argument that people will make. Well, people die for people. Soldiers die for people all the time. Somebody else will die for somebody else. And first off, that's rare. I got news for you. I love you guys. Somebody walks in and starts shooting, I'm getting on the ground and crawling. I'm not jumping in front of you. That's not my natural instinct. Now, if I thought about it, I might. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you think, but your natural instinct, protect yourself. 
Now, my children, my wife, I might, that might naturally instinct to jump there, but that's years of them being connected with me. But Jesus never thought twice about it. The plan of God was always redemption by the sacrifice of God Himself. He said, someone might be willing to die for an exceptionally good person, but Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And by this, God showed how much He loves us. Have you thought about how much God loves you? He willingly gave Himself up so that you, His sheep, could be holy and righteous and have fellowship and honor His name. I was amazed as I was reading through this passage. I couldn't get away from that last, that verse 19. Again, division took place among the Jews because of these words. The, the religious crowd, the people that had the word, the people that knew, the people that had Psalm 23. There was division. Because see, some of them were goats. And some of them were sheep. And the goats, they were hollering and screaming and whining and carrying on. Because they didn't see what the sheep saw. The world still today is divided on who Jesus is. Not a lot of sheep out there anymore. Smaller and smaller flock. The thing is, there's plenty of room in the sheepfold. The scripture says that hell is expanding itself to take in the more and the more and the more. But there's plenty of room in the sheepfold. The world may be divided. People you know may be divided, but this is one thing I am sure of. The sheep who was lost in the world without a shepherd finds the words of the shepherd to be a great, great comfort. Ezekiel 34, the Lord God says, I myself will be their shepherd. I will search for my sheep and take care of them. The shepherd loves the sheep. Got a little video I want you to watch. we like sheep have gone astray. All have sinned. All have fallen short. All are lost. The wages, the consequence of sin, is death. Eternal separation from God. But God demonstrates His love toward us in this, that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Since we have been made right through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you one of his sheep? We were all lost. Some have been found. If you haven't been found, it's as simple as calling upon the name of the Lord, putting your faith and trust in what he did at Calvary, giving yourself totally to him, and resting in the hands of the shepherd. If you've been found, if you are a sheep of his pasture, rejoice and worship him.